Welcome to the Gospel in Lagos, the sermon podcast of City Church. City Church is a community of worshippers and mission. We exist to catalyze a gospel-centered movement that renews Lagos spiritually, socially, and culturally. You can find out more about us at www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the preciousness of your word. And we need it to speak to us now as we anticipate this coming year. We need a word from you. Holy Spirit, move, come, tabernacle with us. Open our ears and open my mouth to speak your word and to all our ears and hearts to receive your word. Through Jesus Christ, Lord, uh, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I have two boys, they're eight and four. They'll be nine and five in January. Now, when you think about those ages, it means they're in different stages of life. The four-year-old, for instance, still believes, his imagination is still very wild. So he believes in a lot of things. He believes in the tooth fairy. He believes in Christmas. He believes in Santa or Father Christmas. And I exploit it. I exploit it to, you know, um, um, uh, increase his imagination, you know. The older one, though, he's coming of age. He's becoming more rational. He now understands everything. He stopped believing in Tooth Fairy about a year ago because he didn't receive any money for the tooth that he put under his um, pillow after two or three tries. But right now, he really does not believe in Santa. And not only does he not believe in Santa, he's actually become a sort of evangelist against Santa. And recently, we watched The Grinch That Stole Christmas. It was a 2000, year 2000 movie. Uh, that Jim Carrey starred in, and it was about this guy who did not like, this furry, green furry creature who did not like Christmas, who was going to spoil Christmas for the town that had rejected him. By the time we finished it, eventually he sort of, you know, came good. But throughout, he was a very, very nasty guy, and he hated Christmas. And at the end of it, my son, the, the eight-year-old said, Daddy, I know who I want to be. I want to be like the Grinch. And I said, and not only will you be the Grinch, you are also your mother's son, not my own. Now I was kidding. I was kidding. But when you think about stuff like this crossover service, end of the year service, I actually think most of us are either like my two boys. Some of us are very imaginative. We believe in the magic of it that as long as I'm here in church now, my 2021 will be better. Whereas some of us are like the Grinch. We look at it as some kind of senseless, pointless uh, event filled with emotionalism and vague prophecies, and it has absolutely no value. And I think we can avoid both extremes. Take, for instance, those who are quite imaginative. Can I ask you, don't insult God, right? You can't think that a favorable relationship with God is going to uh, ignore all that has happened the year before and how you did not live your life for him, but it's just hinged on the two minutes between 11.59 p.m. of one year and 12.01 a.m. the next year. But for those of us who are usually angry against these kinds of events, even though some people may abuse it, can I say that there is something deeply human about this? 
It's deep in our psyche. It's deep in our social traditions. And we find many biblical examples that point to the fact that we should focus a point of transitions. It's why we celebrate birthdays as we transit from one year to another. It's why we celebrate weddings as we transit from being single to becoming married. It's why we uh, uh, celebrate um, matriculation as we enter into the university or into another school and graduation as we transit out of it. It's even why we wash cars as we translate from being slappers into riding our own car or we celebrate housewarming. Do you see there is something deeply human about recognizing a point of transition, a point of transition. And with this, what we find is that when we focus on points of transition, it offers us the opportunity for reflection and resolution. Reflection on the past and resolution for the future. Now I'm going to quickly, I will soon read for you from Deuteronomy, uh, the book of Deuteronomy. What the book of Deuteronomy presents a point of transition in the life of Israel. First, they are going to transit from the wilderness into the promised land, the one that God had promised them. But second, they are also going to transit in terms of leadership. The person who brought them out of Egypt and through the wilderness was not going to be with them again. That is Moses. And so in this book, Moses, he reflects on their past as they're about to transit, he reflects on their past and is about to give them a word from God for resolutions for the future. Now, many of us would say also, as now we approach 2021, we're at a point of transition where we're transiting from what many would describe as a wilderness experience of 2020. And now we're looking forward to 2021. What best than getting a word from God that is rooted in reflection of 2020 and now resolution for 2021. That's what we want to do now. Now, whilst we will not define this or call this a prophecy, we will say that at least in more recent times that our themes of the year to come has taken a prophetic edge. Not just last year, our word was perspective where we looked at having a perspective on our mortality and eternity. Teach us to number our days. How on point was that? So with all of that being said, I want to tell us what I believe is a theme, a right theme for us to take into 2021. And the funny thing was, I checked when um, I got convicted about this, it was on June 29th this year. So it was actually almost over six months ago. And the word really is taken from Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. And it is this. Moses speaking to the people of Israel, he says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or do not be, terrifi uh, do not be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I really do believe going forward in 2021, the word that God will want us to really focus on, that will probably form a theme of how we live our lives is courage courage. And I want us to think about courage in three different parts. How not to be courageous, how to be courageous, why you can be courageous. How not to be courageous, how to be courageous, and why you can be courageous. Let's take the first one. How not to be courageous. 
Now, there are two speeches in Deuteronomy 31, verses 1 to 8. 1 to 6 is Moses speaking to the people of Israel. And then 7 to 8 is Moses speaking to his new successor, Joshua. And in both of them, the instruction to be strong and courageous comes. However, as he gives that command, he then says something else, which actually brings further um, um, elaboration of what he wants them to do. Let me give you the example. I live in an estate, and quite often my wife, because of what, how she, uh, what she does, takes a lot of deliveries. Now, it's easy to describe how to get to our estate. It's not easy to describe how we get to our house. So usually when somebody has come to the estate and they're at the gate, my wife will say something like this. Come straight from the gate. And then she adds, do not turn right. You see, the second instruction was there to elaborate on the first by explaining to you what that first instruction was not. The instruction was to come straight, which means do not turn right. It further elaborates on what the instruction is by telling you what it isn't. Here, they are told, be strong and courageous. And then they are told, do not be afraid or do not be terrified. Why could they be afraid or terrified? Well, the answer is also in the text. You see, people are mostly not irrationally afraid. There is an object for our fear. And here he says, do not be terrified because of them. Usually there is a them. If you are fearful or afraid, there is a them perceived or real. For the children of Israel, the them were the Canaanites, as you see in verse 3. The Canaanites who they were meant to displace to enter into the land. That is the them. And the Canaanites were a formidable force. If you don't believe that, just check out Numbers chapter 13, verse 28 and 31b to 32a, where 10, 12 spies were sent out to go and view the land. They saw the Canaanites, but they were very scared, and they came back and gave a bad report. They were a formidable force. And many of us are scared and afraid because of the formidable force that we anticipate in 2021. The truth is that many of us have been saying for a long time, I can't wait for 2021. 2020, oh my God, just come and go. Almost as though the change of time, the change of the flipping of the calendar was almost going to create a new reality in 2021. But as December has come, as the last weeks of December have come, you've started to see that situations aren't changing. You are tired of pretending. Now you are not anticipating 2021 with elation, but with a bit of dread. What's your them as you approach 2021? Maybe your rent is due in January 2021 and you only have 20% in December. Maybe the threat of possibility of further restrictions you are sure will finally kill your business. But for some of us, it's that 2021 presents yet another prospect of me being single because nobody is calling me, nobody is talking to me at this current moment. And not only will I be single in 2021, I'll be older. And some will say even more ineligible. Maybe some of you are right now actually experiencing COVID-like symptoms and you are scared that you may have it. See, there is a them that we can look to and then be scared and not be courageous. But 
in the midst of that, these verses are telling us something. It recognizes that they are a them and it tells you to be courageous in the midst of it. In other words, it's saying despite the trials and the legitimate issues that may face us, we can still display courage. Let me even take that a bit further. In fact, it's precisely only in trials that we can display courage. Why? Because testing points are really the highest form of reality. Testing points are really the highest form of reality. What do I mean by that? If you take true gold, true gold, we will know true gold after it has been tested over elemental forces working on it, over being washed, over a period of time. The testing of gold over that period of time shows us its true reality. You will know how good a footballer is when he is faced in competition, not when he is practicing. Testing points offer the true test of reality. Or you will know how much your spouse loves to share with you when you ask them to share their last piece of meat with you and they do or they don't. Why? Because testing points offer the highest point of reality. And that's why C.S. Lewis, thinking about courage, says something like this. And I think it's a very profound statement. He says, courage isn't simply one of the other virtues, but that it is the form of every virtue at the point of testing, that is, at the highest point of reality. Courage is not just like any other virtue, love, patience, hope, all of those things, but it is the form that every virtue takes at the point of testing, the point of highest reality. If God is truly saying that we need to be courageous in this time of transition and then in the year to come, he's saying he wants to know what's truly inside you. How strong are your virtues? The test of your love for him or your faith in him, if passed, will be expressed through courage. Well, of course, if you wallow in fear, if you continue being terrified and do nothing about it, you will not have courage. You know what you will have? Discouragement. You see, in Joshua's own instruction in verses 7 and 8, after he's told, be, be strong and be courageous, and he's told, do not be afraid, the next thing he says is that do not be discouraged. That is the dissipation of courage. In other words, fear doesn't just express the status of, um, of, 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 uh, of, uh, of, of lacking courage. But fear, while it shows, it expresses our status of lacking courage, the fear itself deepens that status. It causes for the draining of our courage. And one thing you would always notice about people who are discouraged is their inactivity. They are unable to be productive. They are unable to have fresh ideas. They are unable to, to take on the world. They are unable to face their challenges. Why? Because discouragement always leads to them focusing on what they cannot do. I pray that as we approach 2021, you will not focus on your fears. You will not allow those fears to drain courage out of you and put you in a place where you will be paralyzed. I pray that God will give you the courage that enables 
use you to do much, to achieve much. I pray that God will infuse you with courage so that he can do much in, with, and through you in 2021 in the name of Jesus Christ. The next question is, how then can I build the courage? And that takes us to the second point. How can we be more courageous? How do I become courageous in 2021? Well, the key again is in that verse 6. If you remove the do not be afraid or do not be terrified because of them, and you just read the instruction, and then the next thing, it says, be strong and courageous. Why? For the Lord your God, Yahweh goes before you. He goes before you. Now, this worked out in two ways, and I want to explain both of them. It comes with encouraging ourselves in him and remembering his past faithfulness. Encouraging ourselves in him and remembering his past faithfulness. Let's take the first one. Encouraging ourselves with him, in him. You see, the problem is that we lack courage because we rely on ourselves way too much and not on God. And you know what fear capitalizes on? Fear always seeks to magnify our challenges and diminish our God. If you want to build courage, reverse that. Let me explain, because at the center of it all is God himself. Now, notice what is happening. Remember I said that uh, one to eight consists of two speeches. Actually, there are two encouragement speeches, one to the people of Israel and one to Joshua. So what's happening in seven to eight? Joshua is about to take over. In other words, think about this. If you had an organization or you are part of a group of people and you had a leader, a wonderful leader, a leader that had done so much, right? Over the last 40 years, he has transformed your community. He has built institutions up very well. You guys have so much faith in him. Most of the time, we won't want to see that leader go. I know we don't do this well in Africa. Actually, we want to see our leaders go, but they don't want to go. But let's come back. You wouldn't want to see that leader go. Why? Because you've associated everything about the success of the organization with that leader. But what if the leader insists that it's time for him to go? You know what he will be saying? He will be saying with that statement or with that action of leaving, that even though he is associated with the success of this organization, he knows that this organization has come to a place where its success transcends that of any human being. And therefore, even though he is important, he can go. That is, the success of the organization transcends any human being, including himself. When Moses, who has led the people of Israel out of Egypt and through the promised land and has done wonderful things when he is leaving and is handing over to Joshua, what God is saying is that despite Moses' miracles, his wisdom, his conquest, his incisive judgment, despite all of those things, they were not saying much about Moses. They were saying more about the God who chose, upheld, and empowered Moses and now will empower Joshua as well. Just as it says in Joshua, uh, Joshua chapter 1 verse 17, the people told Joshua, they said, we will obey you just as we obeyed Moses in everything. Certainly the Lord your God will be with you as he was with Moses. The point is not any other human being. Even if you've had any other successes, do not center yourself as the point or the source of courage. We have to look to God. Because every time we try to focus on ourselves, it leads in two directions. 
If we are the ones who have overconfidence, it leads to arrogance. But if we are the kind of people who have no confidence, it leads us down into further discouragement. In other words, the idea is never to overly focus on yourself positively or negatively, but to always focus on God. You know, Israel's greatest king, David, found himself in a situation. He had moved after Saul was trying to uh, kill him, eventually found solace in the land of Philistia. He found favor with the king there. And the king gave him a piece of land for him and his, his men. It was called Ziklag. And there was a time when the king of Philistia was going out to war in 1 Samuel chapter 29. And David wanted to display his loyalty. He and his men came. They wanted to fight with them because that was the only thing people did there. They weren't opening businesses here and there. It was fighting in war. And he went, the king wanted him to go, but then the king of Philistia's men said David and his men should not fight with them. And the king had no other choice than to tell him to go. David was heartbroken. He said, how, what, have, what is it that I have done that you allow me to go this way? But he insisted he must go back to Ziklag. And so David and his men are going back heartbroken. David feels rejected by the people. He, he's, 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 he's more acquainted with the fact that he is a foreigner, no matter what he has done. And he's taking that journey and he gets back to Ziklag and he doesn't know that whatever rejection he has felt by the Philistines, nothing compares to what he's going to meet at Ziklag. In fact, he didn't meet anything at Ziklag. All the children and all the wives and the women have been taken away by the Amalekites. David was discouraged. David was in a state. But not just him, his men as well. And his men became so pained that he became so angry that they were now about to stone David. He'd been rejected by the Philistines. His children and his wives had been taken away. The wives and the children of his men had been taken away. And now they were all about to turn against David. If you found yourself in such a situation, how would you handle it? Nobody to encourage you again. The people you looked to that could help you, they were not there again. What did David do? He had two options. He could have moved all a day long. He did not do that. He could have pretended to have some kind of bravado with huge overconfidence and arrogance. He did not do that because neither of those things would have helped David. And if you take any of those kinds of attitudes in 2021, I can tell you that they will not help you. Do what David did, as it tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6. It says, David found strength in the Lord his God. In another version, it says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. That is, in the Lord, you can find courage that is infused in you. And it was through that that David was able to find strength. Listen, we need strength from God to either overcome an undesirable situation or to gain comfort and growth in the midst of that situation. Encouragement from God always leads to empowerment. And David and his men, he was able to bring up his men and they were able to go after their wives and children and gain them back. But if that is what it leads to, then how can I do that, you ask? If I must encourage myself in the Lord, I need something a little bit more. Tell me. Well, I'll tell you. The second is remember his past faithfulness. Turn to the person next to you and say, memorization always leads to inspiration. Memorization always leads to inspiration. I don't know if you've ever heard of the phrase, what have you done for me lately? Now, even if you've not heard of that phrase, you know the concept. Maybe you've had a friend, a spouse, or somebody you are dating, where you always have to prove 
every single day, in every single minute, that you love them. Every time you don't pick their calls, every time you don't lend money to them, every time you have to confront them on an issue, they tell you know that you don't love them. And you see, many times you get peace. You get peace not because they don't have legitimacy in the situation to be displeased with you, but you get pissed that they all of a sudden do not trust you. You get pissed because all the things you have done in the past do not seem to count for anything. Because it's really only about what you've done for them lately. Listen to me. When God gave the instruction to them in verse 6 to be strong and courageous, before that, and that uh, they should not worry about the Canaanites, God didn't just assert that. He told them in verse 4 to remember what he did to the Amorites and their kings, Og and Sihon. And he said then in verse 5, I will do the same thing to the Canaanites as well. It is on the basis of what I have done in the past that you can have confidence in what I will do in the future and then you can express and display the courage that I'm asking from you. Listen, all indications are coming to the fact that 2021 will be equally as tough or even probably more tough than 2020. So how then can you be courageous? Well, you can be courageous if you know that the God that is going before you is the God that has always gone before you. In verse 3, why it tells them that they should cross over as we are trying to cross over into the new year. It says something absolutely profound. It says, the Lord, your God himself, will cross over ahead of you. In other words, as we want to go into 2021, we need to know that the God who has been with us, has been for us, is going ahead of us. How would we remember all the things that he has done for us and not think about that to the future? I remember just recently, I was told by somebody to pass a gift on to a particular person. She called me back and she wrote, or she texted me and she said, thank you, pastor. I was down to my last 2000. Another person spoke to me and said, thank you, pastor. That helped me complete my rent. Do you think those people should now forget that the Lord that did that for them will not be the Lord that will go ahead of them and also then fight their battles ahead? The God who defeated the Canaan and the Amorites is the God that will defeat the Canaanites. Listen to me. Try and remember what God has done. He came through in your health when you did not have health insurance. He protected you from COVID when you could not afford masks every day. He kept your job when you were sure that you would be let go. And for some of us, he even promoted us, even in these difficult circumstances. Let your memorization lead to inspiration. Whereas fear tends to happen when we project, when we project our own inadequate past into the future. Courage tends to happen when we project God's faithful, caring, and able past into our future. Let your memorization of God's faithfulness lead to inspiration of courage in the future. Don't treat your relationship with God to be one of what have you done for me lately? God who goes with us is the God who has always been with us. He crosses over ahead of us and then tells us to cross over. What is he asking from you? He's done everything. All he asks for you is to display courage. Now, the final thing I do want to say is this. 
Why can we be sure? Why can we be courageous going forward? You know, a big day in every parent's life is when they drop their kids off at school for the first time. But guess what? It's not a big day for the children. In fact, it's usually a terrifying day. And it's a terrifying day because the children are not used to not always seeing their parents. Now, for some of us adults, we'll say, what's wrong with the children? I mean, after all, isn't it the parents that drop them off there? Is it not the parents that will come and pick them up eventually? So why do they feel so insecure in that middle part where they don't see their parents? But you see, that ignores a fundamental thing that those children are seeing. The problem with the child is not is that the security they seem to feel isn't tied to the absence of any perceived danger, but the security they seem to feel is tied to the continued, continued presence of the parents they trust. Let me say that again. The child's problem is not tied and the child's problem is that the security they seem to feel is not tied to the absence of any perceived danger. The child's security is tied. The security they always feel is tied to the continuous presence of the parents they've come to trust. So when that parent is not there, they feel insecure. And many of us are like those kids. What you are saying is that it's fine to have God show up for me here and there. But the problem I have is that I don't have God all the time. He shows up here and he shows up there, but he's not always with me. If only God were always with me and he never left, I would always show courage. And so you say, yes, he showed up for me in my finances, but not in my marriage. Yes, he showed up for me in my career, not in my parents' health. Yes, God was marvelous and he showed up for me in my grades, but not in my mental health. Listen, I hear you. God hears you as well. But I want to tell you that the God who crossed over ahead of the Israelites, the God who is crossing over ahead of you into 2021, he is not the God that decided to appear and disappear and then reappear again. No, look at what he says. He says, I will not leave you or forsake you. In other words, God's presence cannot be judged simply based on our circumstances, but should be judged on his promises. You see, sometimes the children are put there by their parents. The parent promises the child, I am not leaving. They go into another room. The child does not see the parents and the child then becomes insecure and is scared. But the child's circumstance at that point does not invalidate the truth of the parents' promise that they were still within the premises, that they were still within the building. Your circumstances may go to and fro. They may change here and there, but you do not judge the continued presence of God based on your circumstances and how you feel. You judge it based on the promises of God, on the God who promised. As we face 2021, the kind of courage that we need cannot be simply based on our changing circumstances, but the un on the unchanging, the promise issuing, the covenant keeping God, the one who said, I will not leave you nor forsake you. Then you ask, anybody can promise. Aren't those just merely words? How has God made good all this? And I want you to remember this. The children of Israel, to explain this further, the children of Israel had the identity 
Not just in the fact that God was their God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, ancestry-wise, but they had their identity in many things this way. For instance, the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, when God is about to give them instruction, he first tells them about their deliverance. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no gods before me. In other words, the deliverance preceded what? The instruction. They were not just the people of God because he gave them their instruction. They were the people of God because he delivered them first and brought them to the place of instruction. When God says, be courageous to you and be strong as an instruction, he is talking to you as one whom he has first delivered. The question is, how did God deliver you? You see, the people of Israel, he temporarily delivered them from the physical slavery of Egypt. But for the people of God, God now, he delivers us from the eternal slavery of our sin, from the eternal slavery of damnation. How does he do that? It is very, very simple. The way we become children of God, the way we become the people of God is this. On the cross of Jesus Christ, God forsook Jesus for our sins so that he will never forsake us ever again. Do you understand? When he says this promise, I will not leave you or forsake you. He has done something about it. Despite your sin, despite your circumstances, we don't remove those things, but we look at the promises of God in Jesus Christ and what he did in the cross. This is why Paul can say that all the promises of God find their yes and their amen in Jesus Christ. If you know what you would have to do in 2021, it is to dig into the promises of God. Understand how the promises of God are all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. For instance, when the fears may arise to torment us because of an onslaught of challenges, oh, you must remember Jesus. Remember God's perfect love in Jesus. Why? Because God's perfect love in Jesus casts out all fear. 1 John 4 18. But maybe the devil comes to attack you on every side. You must remember Jesus. Why? You must see this. It was for this reason that the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3 verse 8. Oh, maybe you may be feeling overcome by guilt. Maybe you may be feeling overcome by shame. Overcome by persecution. Remember Jesus who said, I have come for peace. But let me tell you, in this world, you would have trouble. But take heart. Why? I have overcome the world. John 16 verse 33. Root yourselves in the promises of God. Let me give you one more. Maybe the fear of death, not death itself, but the fear of death is what is gripping you at some point in 2021 or even maybe now you must always remember this remember Jesus for whom it was said because the children were flesh and blood he himself likewise took part of their humanity so that through his own death he may destroy the one who has the power of death that is the devil and then deliver all those who through their lifetime have been subjected to slavery because of the fear of death listen to me there is a promise in Jesus or from Jesus that will always go us courage or deliver us or get us through anything in 2021 if you want to see courage if you want to be one of those people that god is calling to be courageous and not to be uh, not to be cowards in 2021 remember jesus remember the promises of god in jesus i pray for you that your mind will not forget i pray for you that you will encourage yourself in the lord i pray for you that the god that has called you and has called you to be courageous you will see that that god has crossover before you have crossover. Thank you for listening to the Gospel in Lagos. 
We pray you've been blessed by this message. To learn more about City Church, visit www.citychurchlagos.com. City Church, love Jesus, love people, love Lagos.